0: The opportunity to hang out with uh, you all is always a blessing. It's really cool to uh, try to shake things up a little bit, and um, uh, I always have to guard what I say because I think so differently and unusually that I am careful of how I say things and watch what I say up here in particular because I don't want to distract anybody any more than necessary. (laughs) But uh, uh, one of the ideas that I kind of was had in mind was how would you how would you help somebody chase onward with jesus like how would you get them further to chasing jesus like somebody who doesn't know jesus how might you get them to consider maybe that the resurrection actually happened like that this historical thing happened and it's probably worth thinking about or maybe you've got a friend how would you help them get a step closer does that make sense and uh, uh, I got my friend Cameron here with me.
1: Hello.
0: Is this thing on? It's not on. Good. <laughs> is, is it on now? Should we get another one? How about
1: now? Try again. Hello. There oh, there go. it is. Okay.
0: Yeah. Hi. So, so Cameron is. Um, I feel really um shallow in saying this but Cameron's my friend cuz he elevates my coolness level. Just being around Cameron I get cooler and I don't <laughs> I don't I don't want you to feel cheap about that but I I need all the help I can get. And so uh I uh became friends with Cameron. It's probably been how long we've we been friends, you think. Uh
1: well I've known you for what eight seven eight years and i really just started getting to know you a couple years ago
0: yeah but i'd say we're friends i I call that friends even i mean i don't know what's the threshold you got to be a friend you know
1: yeah Uh, i'll go along with that
0: share a pizza maybe i don't know what do you yeah uh i'll claim everybody as my friends the more friends i have the better off i am (laughs) so so uh, but i uh i became friends with a, a, a mutual friend of ours randy mcfarlane and Randy McFarlane, I don't know what his role was at the Fishers Police Department, but the role in my life was I was struggling as a parent. I didn't know what to do, and so I called the cops on my kids.
1: True story. A lot of people do that.
0: (laughs) And and my kids thought I was crazy that I would call the cops because I wanted Randy. They wouldn't listen to me at this season they were at life, and I wanted Randy to do the old Starsky and Hutch sideways slide with a siren on into my front yard leaving marks in the yard the whole deal I said would you do that and he's like yeah and through that then uh the friendship began he never had to slide into our yard but our friendship has been really cool over the years and so the thought was instead of us teaching you a specific thing today we would just maybe model out what it looks like helping somebody get a little closer to Jesus sound reasonable
1: I thought this was a 50-week series on Philippians.
0: 50 weeks. (laughs) Hey, Rusty, we are taking (laughs) over. That's how all coups work. As soon as you send somebody out of town, you take over. We own this place now. So (laughs) We are the rulers. (laughs) Now, 50 weeks, that would be intense, wouldn't it? So, uh, the the, uh, idea of Then, how do you help somebody? It really goes with the mindset, I think. Like many of us have grown up with a different mindset about God and who He is and what that looks like. And and I think the core of being uh, able to help a friend get a little closer to knowing who Jesus is is to choose whether you want to be their cheerleader or their referee. A lot of times in Christian journeys, we've been told what we've done wrong. That's more like a referee in a game. It, it, I don't know. T- tell a little bit about your background of how, how you perceived this thing until maybe three
1: or four years ago. Yeah, so I, I didn't grow up. I, I, well, I went to church as a kid, but I didn't have a lot of uh, family involvement in that, and I didn't have a lot of guidance in that. And um, later in life, uh, I end up uh, involved with some folks who uh, went to church, uh, but to them, this this book was more of a club than anything else, and that's generally how I learned about about God. It was it was the Bible was something to tell you when when you're wrong, and you know when you got to straighten up and what you've done, what you've that, done wrong. It's really crazy that uh,
0: that if you look at creation itself and imagine that this outrageous God that created this place and just how adventuresome he must be and to think that all he's about is keeping you in line like it just even that paradox seems really interesting to me but but like a cheerleader uh is is the idea is yeah you know if you play sports or whatever in life if you screw something up the cheerleaders kind of say it's all right man keep moving forward keep moving forward keep moving forward and my guess is most of us need those in our lives like we, we have enough things coming at us, telling us what we screwed up, that having a cheerleader or two in our life can go a long way.
1: I strongly agree.
0: <laughs> I think you're a great cheerleader. <laughs> I watch, uh, watch you in action, and you're a big deal. Thanks. Well, we uh, decided that Philippians was going to be our effort today um, of what we were going to try to get through in a short period of time, and I brought a video to kind of kick off this idea. Uh, if we could, um, have you guys seen this? What do you think? Is that 12 feet high? How how tall is that wall? Anybody have an opinion? Like Fifteen? 15? Yeah. Could you imagine that, that those guys all got over that wall? There wasn't like a leader that was telling them, you got to get over this wall. They they worked together and they got over this wall. And uh, that's really what the body of Christ is, is that the, the leader is Jesus, his spirit dwelling in us. We don't need um to have somebody kind of telling us this is how you do it but i, I saw that and thinking about how do you be a cheerleader how do you encourage somebody forward is that we all have barriers in front of us and the military is kind of a a good mental picture to me i don't have that experience um uh cameron your son i forgot
1: garrett he's in, garrett.
0: yeah but i forgot he's in the navy navy okay and so Military kind of teaches that kind of camaraderie and the teamwork effort. Yep. And, uh, and the police, I assume, has to have that same kind of mindset?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a similar, similar set of circumstances.
0: And um, what that barrier shows to me is uh, the reality of the Christian journey. Like, like, what do you think about circumstances in general? Like, are circumstances a big deal or no? What do you I, think?
1: I used to think they were. Used yeah, I used to think, to think circumstances were. were were a big deal, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and really, you could look at that barrier as a circumstance for those fellows in the military, right? And um, I don't know, like, if that was an actual military situation, what that barrier would be. Like, I just have done some research and listening and reading about uh, World War II and Normandy and realized that they had to climb over things like that while people were getting mowed over with uh, shots. And th- We're at the, like the 75th anniversary of D-Day next month, and just young people in their teens and 20s were taken out by that. And the whole purpose that they might go over a wall isn't to retreat, but they're going at the danger in that scenario, and and so their expectation isn't that I'm going over this because it's going to be happily ever after on the other side. It's gonna when I get on the other side of that, I'm spending all this energy to go over this wall, and on the other side of that wall, something bad could be happening. And and I'm not saying this pessimistically, but just your view of circumstances as a believer, uh, circumstances are just a wall to get you to the next thing. Circumstances are the path of our journey. In the book of Philippians, I think that's the essence of that book. So, if if I were going to help somebody kind of chase further after Jesus, I'd just say Je- Philippians is a good. That's a good place to start on this thing, and and so then I'd say, why don't you read Philippians one? Probably you did this right, like we did this exercise.
1: Yeah, we did it. I, I, I see it as a. Uh... I wrote a little note there as commander's intent, basically, yeah. um, which is basically when you in the military, which I wasn't in the military, but, uh, I was trained by a bunch of dudes that were, and we talk a lot about commander's intent. We, and we use that philosophy in, in our job is that you have a group of people that are given a specific task, but that's by the commander is what, what he wants to
0: reading a chapter and just say, what, are, what's the key verse out of that chapter? Like that's, I'm a C student back from my high school days, so you can't make things complicated for me or I'm in, in trouble. So if you read Philippians one and you just take, I don't, I don't know. I'm a slow reader too. Maybe it takes five minutes to read Philippians one. It, it can't take too much longer than that. If you just read Philippians one and then you narrow it down, what are the, what's the key verse? We, we uh, kind of talk through it, and narrow it down to, um, I think a couple different verses in Philippians one, but, uh, Maybe before we even get into that, is um, you now that we've taken over this place, you have to read the New American Standard. That's the new rule. So <laughs> the the uh, when I first started studying the Bible, there was an old Greek guy and an old Jewish guy. The Greek guy would literally translate out of the Greek, and the Jewish guy would translate out of the Hebrew. And I just had an old New American Standard Bible. And every time they would do the translation, it would almost be identical verbatim to uh, what my Bible said. And and like I said, I'm a C student. I just try to find the simplest way to get things done. And I'm like, that's good enough for me. These guys are translate Like they're carrying a stack of Bibles to translate all this stuff. And I got this one thing. And so uh, th- the there's different Bibles that are just written different ways. The, the New American Standard Is definitely a study Bible it's written at a higher level than other Bibles but when you open your Bible there's editorial comments in your Bible and that's not the Bible so if you open your Bible if you have an old-school paper Bible I know I'm showing my age by having that if you open your Bible to the book of Philippians and then you you look at your first page of Philippians and this is the question for everybody Who wrote the book of Philippians? Say it loudly. Say it louder. I can't hear you. Okay, read the first verse of that book and tell me who wrote it. Paul and Timothy. Why did you say Paul? I'm not pointing fingers, but why did anybody say Paul? Huh? Huh? He was the boss? Is that what you said? You're not the boss of me. <laughs> my, well, the reason I would have said it is my Bible, the title says, The Letter of Paul to the Philippians. That's what my Bible says, but that's an editorial comment. Philippians 1, 1 is the Bible, and it says Paul and Timothy wrote it. So if I was going to help somebody, <laughs> I'd just have them read it and see what it says rather than what? other people say. And so by doing it this way, you don't need a commentary. You don't need somebody else to tell you what it means. You just read a chapter and figure it out for yourself. You've got this thing called the Holy Spirit that dwells in you, united with your spirit. This is the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead 2,000 years ago. That, That spirit that took this dead body and raised it to life, united with your spirit the moment you trusted in Christ, and now he'll translate this stuff for you. He will make it more understandable for you. <laughs> Did you find chapter one very difficult to read?
1: Nope. I found it pretty pretty easy to read. Yeah. Even for my my abilities.
0: <laughs> well,
1: your abilities are pretty good.
0: <laughs> your abilities are pretty good. Uh, what about uh verse one twelve? You might have to read that. Of course, you got readers on it, I don't.
1: Yeah. Go back to it. So I have two different versions here. So. Uh, it says, Now I would have you know, brothers, that the things which happened uh, unite me, or am sorry, unto me have fallen out rather than onto the uh, progress of the gospel. So they've fallen onto the progress of the gospel. So the bad circumstances that happened uh, actually uh, served to glorify god rather than to cause problems did you guys hear
0: that bad circumstances were the path to the progress of the gospel the gospel is jesus christ so the bad circumstances advance jesus in the world uh i i would probably put a caveat there is that you can be stupid like you can do stupid things and and those circumstances are a result of your stupidity, and they may eventually pro- add to the progress of the gospel. But, but there are circumstances that just happen, right? A young lady died in the Rusty's out of town to do the funeral, right? That, that is a circumstance that happened, and it advanced the gospel of Jesus. The name of Jesus was advanced because of her. And, and so my circumstances are not a cause of defeat. My circumstances are just that barrier that are in front of, that, that that happen to be in front of me right now or in my presence right now, and how you view your circumstances will greatly influence how you enjoy life. Sound reasonable? And, and it probably will impact how many friends you have too, because if all my circumstances are horrible and, and I'm telling you how horrible all my circumstances are. <laughs> Um, I'm guessing there's going to be fewer people at the table having coffee with you. But if you're showing that those circumstances, what God did in spite of those circumstances or through those circumstances, people are probably going to want to know your story a little more. You choose; it's your choice. I don't. I'm not. I don't have a pony in your race. I'm just saying how you view them will
1: affect a lot of things in life. I think the other way I thought about that was uh, if you get caught up in whatever your circumstances at the moment, and you f- forget to focus on what what lies ahead so if you if you look at that wall that those guys were climbing you look at that wall you get fixed on that wall you're always going to be at the bottom of the wall you're never going to get through that you can concentrate on what happens after that and how to how to how to get there <laughs> that wall would
0: freak me out even if i got you may lift me up i have such weak arm strength <laughs> like, I mean,
1: floundering around <laughs> I'm like who put him on our team <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah I would encourage you to rethink your circumstances because they 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 are you're gonna have bad circumstances. you just are Peter wrote it in first uh, peter uh, somewhere in my notes four twelve you can scribble down first peter four twelve, but he basically said, Why are you whining about these fiery circumstances you have like this is just life That's what Peter said i'm just it's the Keith translation and then John said in John 16, 33, uh, he said, in this world, you have tribulation. You just are going to have tribulation. But then he had a comment. He said take courage. It was Jesus that said it. John wrote down, take courage. I've overcome the world. And so um, to suspect that life's going to be without adversity is just setting yourself up for failure. It just is. And to suspect that the God of the universe lives in you and is going to deliver you through those. It's just a joyful journey. It's going to it's gonna be a cool thing how it works out. And, and I guess to finish that topic and to move forward with it, uh, go to uh, Philippians 1, um, 29. I, I view that like, like if there was a king sitting in front of you and you came to the king and asked for something, and the king granted you your wish, right? That's that's how I view this verse, like the king granting you something, and and so he he granted to you, according to Philippians one twenty nine, something great for Christ's sake, not only to believe in Him, uh, but also to suffer with Him. How's that for an uplifting way? You guys ready to go? Let's go do this thing. All right.
1: Suffering is such a great gift.
0: Thanks, Keith. (laughs) Thanks for bringing that to my attention. Well, like in your situation, Cameron, what would you think of some of the suffering you've had in the past? Can you see that today, looking backwards, that it's been a path to the future, or do you get caught up in the in the suffering of the past? Mm
1: -hmm. I I don't get caught up in the suffering of the past much anymore, and I, I. my friend Leslie, who actually gave me this Bible, I'm, I have. She died of, of cancer, and she used that situation to um, to exemplify that, that that suffering is is a gift, and that it, you can uh, use that circumstance for what what God intends to to, to bring people um, closer to God, which is what happened to me uh, in that circumstances. When she found out she was sick and that she probably wasn't going to survive, uh, she met with me. Um, not to complain to me about her circumstance, but to glorify God, and she had written a prayer for me and gave me this Bible and uh, helped bring me to to a better understanding of what that was about. Yeah,
0: that's that's i never met Leslie, but she had to be quite a woman to um, to va- face the future with that kind of a mindset and to to see past the wall to something bigger.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, she was she was a very special, very special. She, we uh, one of her uh, nicknames was uh, Christ Warrior. Christ warrior. <laughs> yeah, she was. Uh, she was a member of our, of our uh, SWAT team, but just uh, just a, a beautiful person uh, inside and out. Just a great, great example.
0: That's that to me is a really cool picture. Like um, SWAT teams, those are just I don't know the right word I want to use up here with microphones. So they're just cool people. <laughs> 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 Your cool points go up hanging out with somebody <laughs> like Leslie. So. Uh, that, that, that's a big deal. That's cool. Uh, let's get on to chapter two. We got chapter one of Philippians that uh, your circumstances are going to be difficult. It's kind of what we learned from chapter one, uh, but it, it's okay. Cause Christ in you chapter two, uh, I picked verse three, um, to, to throw out there to you, uh, it seems to be the essence of chapter two it says do nothing. From selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than
1: yourself How, How's that work for you? does that work or uh, well when I, when I remember to do it, it does uh, <laughs> but I, you know I've seen it both ways and it, it, when I see someone do that right, that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool experience uh, and that's something I, I, I wish I could mimic more you know uh, and some of the things I've seen I've been lucky enough to see some folks who do that. And uh, you know in the times I get that right i feel I feel pretty good about that,
0: yeah, and it it goes back again to that video, uh selfishly uh, um, like there's a lot of opportunities on that, somebody could have been selfish, like if they're going into the war, the last guy that had to run and jump off the wall, he could have just said, "See you guys, I can't I can't reach, I can't make it, I'll catch you guys later, or the other guys could have gone off and left him, you know, there's a lot of things that could happen but to view life selfish selflessly is really what the whole the whole new covenant is saying is that follow the spirit the spirit is the selfless motivator of life selfishly is delivering things towards our flesh and so selfishly is when we can get caught up with the evil one tells us things about our circumstances and i try to try to take care of my circumstances by myself rather than trusting god to deliver me in and amongst those circumstances i i looked at uh
1: looking at verse 6 through 11 there and basically it just says that you know jesus was equal to god in power but he he came down to earth uh, and made himself a human being uh, because he he just thought that much and loved us that much that he would that he would do that and then to be sacrificed on the cross to die like that just because he loves us so much that's that's pretty cool
0: I, i was in a business meeting 20 some years ago and we had a certain level of success that built fleshly mindsets in our head. And, and then we had other peers in our, in our industry that were in the meeting and somebody there didn't feel like they were getting the attention that they deserved. And they say, don't you know who I am? (laughs) I just, (laughs) for the rest of my days, I just thought, who cares who you are? But like, could you imagine Jesus? Like anytime somebody was like hurling, curses or whatever at him he could have just boom taken him out but he just humbly walked through that i just can't even imagine what that would have been like for him
1: yeah i don't know Last night i worked at a, i worked at a concert venue and these big wigs flew in on helicopters and one of the guys running the running the show there said that's really you know that's really a pain and i said hey if if i had that kind of money i don't know i, I might be a pain too. If I could find on a helicopter, that'd be, that'd be pretty neat to show you, I guess, to show people who you are or something. I don't know, but yeah. Uh,
0: I think so, so this, this guy who emptied himself came in as a baby, Like he didn't come in with all the lights and helicopters. He came in humbly, which is crazy. And that's who lives in us now.
1: Pretty crazy. You know, I think our, our nature makes that probably one of the most difficult things in the world to do is place other people in a place of more importance than yourself.
0: I think it's probably, uh, like that, that drill that happened, uh, that didn't just, that wasn't the first time those guys did that,
1: right? I think it was the second.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was, I think
1: I showed it again there.
0: Yeah. So they, uh, uh, I think that's true with our journey. Like as we're cheerleaders for others, that the thing is we, we, are better at selflessness through practice, right? Like the, 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 I imagine that they dropped some guys the first time or two, and people came tumbling down. But as we practice walking by the Spirit, we become more effective at it as well.
1: Yeah, I know. For me, just being in this in this body and making friends, you know, uh, with other men has been a, a, a great blessing to me and helped me help me focus more on on that.
0: Yeah, and and I'd say the emphasis of how that practice happens is in, uh, verse two, 13. He says, um, it, it, says for it's God who has worked in you, um, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So, so just because you act selfishly in a situation doesn't mean he's not still working in you. He's like, all right, here we go. Let's practice this again, Keith. And so, uh, it's it's not you; it's him in you. That that that's the big deal. No. And and I think even if you could take that verse and back off of it just a little bit and think about it, that he's allowing you to practice for one reason in that verse. You guys see what the reason is why he's allowing you to work? It said for his good pleasure. Like just because you didn't get over the wall the first time doesn't mean he's not having good pleasure. His pleasure is to see you trust in him more and more in life. And so it's not about the failure. Uh, it's about him seeing you trust in him more and more. Chapter 3. Man, we're halfway through this book. It's like we just started.
1: You almost nobody's asleep. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Should we call it names? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so uh, there weren't... Um, um, punctuation marks in the Bible when they wrote it—I don't know if you guys knew that or not. There weren't punctuation marks, there weren't exclamation marks. Uh, the way that things were emphasized in biblical times in the writings was was repetition. And when they repeat something, it means it's important. That's again that C student kind of thing. I can—I can. You tell me something twenty-seven times, I'll figure it out. So, so uh, three, uh, one tells you. The critical point of the chapter, or of of chapter three, is rejoice, uh, rejoice in the Lord. Uh, you can walk through the circumstances of life grumbling, or not. That's your choice. It's your choice. It's not. We can't control anything for you. It's your choice. What are you going to do in those circumstances?
1: I, I think not complaining is something I struggle with because I, I, I remember I was complaining about some things the other day, and it's like, wow, well, why am I doing that? No, nobody really cares. So my feet hurt or whatever it was. You know? <laughs> that's my problem. Well,
0: it, I, I throw out that picture of the coffee table who wants to sit around and listen to what you're saying, right? Like, so if you just think about it. Like, would you rather hang out with somebody that's rejoicing and saying, man, can you believe that this happened or that man, my hammer toes are killing me? <laughs> it's,
1: like, it's just common sense. And so nobody wants to hear that.
0: Nobody wants to hear. Yeah. They don't want to see mine, but that's all. <laughs> so, so the, uh, This attitude is what he's talking about. This attitude about your circumstances. Because I I was standing back there talking to my friend Jeff, and I said, when I look around this room, I just see people with a lot of circumstances. Like, I don't know everybody in the room, but I know there's a lot of circumstances in here. And your attitude towards your circumstances is your choice. It is absolutely your choice. And you've got the Spirit of God saying, come on, man, let me handle this for you. And so rejoice is the way... To get over the hurdle of grumbling. That's what he's telling you. This is how you do it. You just rejoice. I've got you past these uh, 57 years of circumstances, Keith. I'm going to get you to the finish line, okay? Can you trust me on this, Keith? I think so, God, until the next one comes up, anyway. <laughs> I'll see how I do the next one. So far, you're good. So you've proven yourself, God. Uh, rejoice is the way you walk through the circumstances that he's showing you. Uh, And then 3.3, uh, Cameron, that's how you deal with it, buddy. Like when you want to grumble. Uh, he says that we worship in the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. I'm pretty sure when you read uh, about what fleshly activity looks like, is complaining as part of fleshly activity. And he's yeah. saying that we learn, we practice by not relying on the flesh but relying on the spirit in us like like i i just have cynicism when i think about things but like like you imagine the trinity sitting around their coffee table having their coffee and like can you believe what adam just did and then eve what about those guys like how long did that conversation of grumbling going on with them right (laughs) or did they Jump into action with a solution, and and really what happened on that coffee table is like, man, those humans—they need some help, guys. What are we going to do here? Jesus, is like, well, I'll be the sacrifice, and the spirit's like, no, man, I can't let you—I can't let that happen. The father's like, no, man, it's like, no, I'll do it. I love them, and like, well, And here's what you get, Father, and here's what you get, Spirit. So they're having this coffee table conversation about what's going on, good, rather than what the humans just did. Can you see that? Does that make sense? And we all have, I I don't know what your circumstance is. I see Phil with his arm in a sling over there, and I was teasing him. Yeah, he wanted to ask a question. No. (laughs) (laughs) And, and when I'm doing this like one on one, I'm not, I'm a little more blunt about things. So, uh, we were hanging out talking about the Bible, and Phil, I appreciate that he's got his shoulder, but I put it in. My way of putting it in perspective is his sister lost her shoulder, right? Like Becky has a positive attitude and doesn't even have a shoulder. So it's not like hers is healing. It's just not even there. And so Becky today is celebrating. I think it's now, right? She's celebrating with the people that rescued her life a year ago or almost a year ago. And so it's all all in perspective, whatever you're going through. But the spirit is how you worship. The spirit in you allows you to worship is not singing. Worship is allowing the spirit to control your body. That's what worship is, according to Romans twelve. Worship is allowing your body to be sacrificed to God in that moment. When you feel like grumbling, I'm going to worship you and not grumble.
1: Yeah, I think the way I, again, the way I go back to that commander's intent. No matter what you're going through, what you what you've gone through, what your current circumstances are, what they were, if you stay focused on on that long term goal, it, it helps you be joyful and realize that there's something there's something else coming. That's
0: exactly right, man. The commander, uh, his desire is is what the uh, commander's intent is. I was called, yeah. So, so the message of Philippians, in my opinion, is three ten. Philippians three ten. Earlier, it says that the believe, and, and we skipped over this verse, but it said the believers were unified and intent on one purpose. Um, again that c student in me is like okay well that's the answer what, what's the an-? it's there was that uh, city slickers movie years ago the guy says one thing and when i saw that in philippians 2 or 1 or wherever it is it says the one purpose i want to know what is that one purpose what is the one purpose that we can be unified on there's one thing and it's and he tells it to us in 310 what is that camera is it saying there or am i making this up
1: Hold on, I could barely read. even with my readers on, the lighting's not that good, and my eyes are
0: Here, I'll read it. Fading. I can see mine.
1: <laughs> uh, that's a sad couple right here. When, isn't it? When, yeah, when Keith and I met, I was, I was actually I didn't have my readers. I was actually like this one.
0: <laughs> I share I was sharing, that's friends do. Uh, the one purpose that I may know him there it is. You see that? 3:10? that I may know him. He wants you to be his friend. God wants you to be his friend, that you may know him. And then not only that you would know him, but it says in the power of his resurrection. God wants to show off to you. (laughs) He wants to be your friend and show you the power of his resurrection in your life. He is not waiting to hit you with that club. He's not waiting to club you with your Bible. He wants to show off as a friend to what he is to you specifically, not in a crowd like this. He can do things in a crowd like this, but he wants to show off to you. He wants you to see how cool he is and he'll do it. That's the, that's the point of Philippians three 10 and we're running out of time, but Cameron, uh, verse four, eight, I'll just summarize four, eight, because I want Cameron to finish this thing off for us. Four, eight, says quit thinking wrong like if you want to grumble stop it he, he somewhere he tells the the people that are having little quarrels tell them to shut up he didn't say it like that that's just my <laughs> translation you tell him to knock that off and then 480 says what you need to do is get the right attitude think right think right if you're thinking wrong think right do you guys know when you're thinking wrong can you tell? Like, do you need somebody to tell you when you're thinking wrong? I mean, that's what friends will do. If you are, they can do, but generally I think most of us know when we're thinking wrong. And uh he finishes the book of Philippians and he says, Hey Saints, what's up? How's it going? But Cameron wouldn't let me finish that way. He he brought a Niyaka into the to the story. <laughs> tell us about Jimmy.
1: Like, I got a buddy that's, uh, he's a New York City cop. Well, he's retired. He, he was a New York City cop. And we were, when we were discussing this, I'm like, I'm like, you know, Keith, the way I, the way I see this, uh, this, the last couple of verses there was uh, my friend from New York City came to visit here and I was introducing him to some of my coworkers and I introduced, introduced him to a couple of, couple of fellows and he pulls me aside and he said, what's wrong with you? And of course, I'm like, where do you want me to start? I mean, <laughs> is this an intervention or uh, so like what are you what are you talking about jimmy he said well when you're introducing these guys you're introducing them to me like they're just everybody else i said okay he said these are these are your brothers man these 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 are the people who have the same experiences as you basically and they they see the world and they see things the same way you do you should you should treat them special you should greet them special and you should always introduce them like they are special and i said wow that's that's a really good point. Uh, you know, as as believers, we see the world like other people can't. You know, so so we should just love each other and, and greet each other like, like we really matter uh, to one another because we do.
0: Yeah, we're, we're children of the king, right? We are yeah. children of the king. The new covenant says that we are to treat one another more importantly than people that aren't children of the king. Like, because we are a big deal. It's not because of what we do, it's because who united in our spirit. There we're a big deal. And um Luke was talking about not viewing people according to the flesh, but by the spirit, right? In that twenty minute prayer time that he did. But <laughs> but <laughs> not easy, man. Uh but the uh the idea is you guys are all a big deal. The spirit of the living God lives in you, and those that are sitting around you, the spirit lives in. Them as well, and they're a big deal. Even if they're siblings that are annoying you, they're a big deal, right? <laughs> and so we are a big deal, and we need to walk that way. And I'd say that's a good way to kind of bring Philippians to closure. Um, you guys are a big deal. Walk that way today. Father, thank you for this time. Thanks for my friend Cameron and the chance to hang out up here and to encourage the brothers and sisters in their journey. Thank you for all the circumstances that are in this room today and that that we might choose to walk by faith and trust your spirit as though you may be granted this opportunity for us to walk through these circumstances, Lord. Thank you that you love us and you care for us. In Jesus' name I pray. amen. Amen.